This is Backstage with the Light FM. Today's special guest is Will Graham, and I'm your host, Tricia. Got a chance to talk to Will about his role in the movie Unbroken, Path to Redemption. Will, we're so excited to um, see the movie, see your performance in it. What was that like being a part of this movie for well, you? Well, it was a special for a couple reasons. One is it's not every day that uh, somebody gets to play a relative of theirs in a movie. So that's real rare. Uh, matter of fact, I think we only named it down to like two or three people in Hollywood that have ever done that. Um, Matt Bear, the producer, knows everybody in Hollywood, knows all the movies. And so I, I gave him the questions like, how many people actually portrayed one of their relatives in a movie? And so they... Um, he, he could only name about two, and um, one was out of, Compton, um, out of Compton. That was one movie, and the other one was Forrest Gump. Um, uh, Tom Hanks' brother ran some of the scenes when he had his long beard running across America. Really? A lot of that was uh, Tom Hanks' brother. But, I did not know that. So, yeah. um, We've all learned a little yeah. something. But, um, but it was also neat because, I, you know, for like my lines in the movie, my whole script, it was not a Hollywood thing. It was actually my granddaddy's 1949 sermons. Uh, were all my lines. So these were these were actually Billy Graham sermons that I preached the whole time. I, I preached from about three or four different sermons, I think. I think I calculated them up. So I didn't obviously I didn't preach a full sermon, but we grabbed some parts that played important to Louis's life. And um, and we used a sermon that we thought that Louis came to know Christ on. We didn't know it right away, uh, you know, which Louis didn't know. Louis was a little bit confused on which night he came. He couldn't quite remember. Um and so we picked a sermon that we thought that he came to know Christ on from our best of our records and stuff like that. And so we used that sermon as the basis. And But it was, uh, the, and the basics, uh, the, the name of the message was, why does God allow communism? When's the last time you heard a preacher preach on that? So he said, you know, um, and basically, why does God allow communism? Why does God allow evil in this world? Because uh, what happened was the month before, they had just detonated the first atomic bomb Russia did, the Soviet Union had just detonated their first atomic bomb. So now the nuclear age was upon us. Nuclear war was actually a, a real-life thing, so a lot of people were scared. And people were questioning, why does God allow something like that? Why would God allow an atheistic country, people that hate God, why would God allow them to get that type of technology that could wipe out people that do love God? <laughs> and so, um, But then they'd take it down a notch. Why does God allow evil in this world? Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? And that's what Louis was struggling with. You know, why does God allow my leg to break? Why does God allow me to get punished, uh, beat up, tortured, and all this stuff? Why does God do this to me? Why is God against me? And uh, there in 1949 at the Los Angeles Crusade, that's when Louis gave up out of, out of frustration, out of total desperation. He just gave up gave his life to Christ. And uh, like what John was saying, you know, it's a beautiful picture of how God, uh, as a creator, chases after his creation. And that's what we see all the way back in Genesis. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God, Adam and Eve didn't go looking for God. It was God looking for Adam and Eve in the garden. You know, Adam and Eve, where are you? That's the first invitation ever given in the Bible was given by God to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, where are you? Not that he lost them, you know, like didn't know where they were. It was Adam and Eve, where are you? In other words, come back come back to me, come back to me. It's an invitation to return to, to God. And so that was the first invitation ever given in the Bible was uh, their God searching out man. And that night, 1949, on October 16th, 1949, uh, God called Louis and Louis came. And uh, Louis gave his life to Christ. And it's one of the greatest examples of a changed life in human history. What piece of that do you think 
I'm sure this is going to be pretty obvious, but I want to give you the opportunity to tell it. What piece of that do you think is relatable to somebody who's listening to this right now? Well, I think there's a, especially when you look at the movie, there's a lot, a lot of us won't have the experience of war. I know some listeners will. I mean, my brother's in the U.S. Army. I think he's been on eight combat tours. Um, there's going to be a, quite a few of our military people that can relate to this. The average population won't. <laughs> you know, we, we sit in our supermarkets and at homes and we enjoy life. But when there's a lot of people that are putting their life on the line for our country, which we greatly appreciate and we love them for it. Um, but we do have marital problems. I don't care if you're a Christian or, or not. I think everyone's gone through marital problems. Marriage is tough. It's one of the greatest gifts God's ever given us, but it's yet it's tough at times. And here in this movie, you'll see people that have a, a true marital problem. Um, there's drinking, there's alcoholism in this movie where he was trying to self-medicate, as Tim was saying, and trying to medicate on this stuff, trying to drown out his sorrows, drown out his bitterness, his hate, his nightmares, trying to get him away, and it wouldn't work. He was trying everything the world told him to do to get rid of it, and it wouldn't work. And um, and so there's th- those things that we try to cope with in life that uh, making us miserable but don't really bring any satisfaction in our life. They're shortcomings. And uh, that's what uh, Louis struggled with, all these things that was going on in Louis's life, a failed business, uh, money problems, marital problems, uh, alcoholism, drugs. Uh, it, it, Louis didn't have that much drugs. It was just alcohol. But today it's drugs. And people are looking a way to cope things, and it's found in Christ. It's not found in a substance. It's not found in a job. It's not found in fame. It's found in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ because Christ, he's the one that made us. He's the one that can change our hearts, and Louis needed a heart transplant, and he got one on October 16, 1949 there in Los Angeles. I think it's also interesting that God chose Louis, who was one of the most physically strong and impressive people. I mean, endured everything he endured but couldn't endure what this life offers us and he and he was broken mm-hmm. you know he 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 beaten the japanese i mean they couldn't break him but yet his own demons were breaking him and uh, he couldn't and he was a man if you talk to his family his family said he was the fixer in the in the in his group of men that, that he served with they all wanted louis to be on their plane they all want louis to be because he could fix anything he was always a fixer he could always get things in. You know, if the plane shot gets shot up, he'll go in there and fix it real quick and get it patched up where they can get home. I mean, he was a fixer, but for the first time in his life, he couldn't fix it. For the first time in life, he's always he's always outrun people, but for the first time in his life, he can't outrun this. And God called up with him and com- and confronted him, and he gave his life over to Christ. And so uh, a lot of things came to head. And you know, in 1949, that's also when my granddaddy would become famous after that one. And so here, Louis and my granddaddy would be lifelong friends from that one night, October 16th, 1949, up until when my granddaddy died February 20, uh, in February of uh, 2017. Uh, um, you know, they became lifelong friends. Knowing that relationship, what does it mean to you to get to have been in this movie? Oh, I love the, the story of Louis Zampere. He's incredible. I read the book, Unbroken. It is fabulous. It's one of my, I, I give the book away in my office. I give people copies of it because I think it's one of the greatest books. And it's a true story. I love true stories. I love war stories. And uh, the I love just true stories, period. And uh, they see this story and they see a changed life. And the, and knowing that my, my grandfather had a small part in it. Well, I mean, it's a big part, but I mean, you know, just a small point in time. Um, but it was, it, my granddaddy was so impressed with this story of Louis Zamperini. He wrote Louis a letter in 2004, he wrote Louis a letter. My grandmother was still alive, 
And uh, he wrote a letter to Louis saying, you know, Louis, we're, we're getting real old. <laughs> Ruth and I, Ruth's not in good, good health. And, uh, and she's been watching Chariots of Fire, which is her favorite movie. And she watches it four times a day. And I was getting tired of watching it. And so I made her change movies and we put your story in that uh, Worldwide Pictures did a number of years ago. And so they were watching it. And my granddad said, we, we once again realize how fascinated we are with your, your life story. There is no greater story of forgiveness than your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, I'm going to be traveling to uh, Los Angeles in the next few days. And with your permission, I'd like to uh, talk to a few producers about doing your life story in a Hollywood movie. Well, my granddaddy never really got anywhere with it. and um, But unknown, uh, Matt Baer, the producer, had been working on this for 20 years and been trying to get this thing done but couldn't, and not until Laura Hildenbrand wrote her book, Unbroken, which now gave fuel to the flame, the fire, to get this movie done. Now Hollywood had a reason to do it because it was a bestseller book and New York bestseller, and now... They made it into a movie, and they didn't get to finish the story the first time, which was the most important part to see Louis give his life to Christ. And a lot of Christians were upset. My dad was upset. A lot of Christians were upset. You know, they didn't tell the full story. But Matt had a good point. Uh, Matt Bear, that is, the producer. He said, well, Angelina Jolie, as great a job she did on that first one, she wouldn't be the right director for this part of the movie to capture the spiritual aspects of it. Second is because she was so uh, successful it now gave Hollywood the opportunity to say, you know what, now let's do the second half. The first movie was so successful, let's do the second half of the movie. And so uh, I appreciate Matt and uh, his hard effort in getting all this done. Harold Cronk, who did God's Not Dead 1, God's Not Dead 2, he was the director of this one, and so he was able to capture those spiritual elements that most times Hollywood movies don't have. It's great. It's getting double the, I guess, emphasis that yeah. that a story might. So I think that's really exciting. God can use... That first one, and now he's opened the door for this one. It's well, yeah, wonderful. This will get, we get to, yeah. instead of spending 10 minutes on the, if we did in the first movie, now they spend an hour and a half telling the whole story. So it's a, it, it, God's timing is always perfect. God works things out to his glory always. And so this was a perfect example of it didn't seem right. A lot of us were upset because we didn't see the bigger picture, but God saw the bigger picture coming and knew that there was going to be another movie coming that he could spend 90 minutes telling the story of Louis. So God wins all the time. That'll preach, won't it? Uh, we got to ask you about this, though, the acting piece. Like, what? No. Like, have you ever acted before? Were no. you in, like, I'm the guys guy. and dolls in the high school? Or? No, I got kicked yeah. out of drama. I, I had no talent. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not an actor. But the thing was, I'm not acting. I'm just, I'm just preaching like I normally do. I'm an evangelist with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I just preached. I just happened to preach my granddaddy's sermons. It was tough because he uses phrases I would never use in a sermon. I mean, I don't even know where they come from. I never heard him ever say that stuff again. And it's not bad stuff. It's just unique stuff, like a flaming fingertip. I would never say that in my sermon. And uh, then you also got a director. You know, because when you preach uh, in real life, it's a one take. You say it, it's out there. You know, so, I mean, and uh, I'm used to that part, but I'm not used to a director saying, no, stop, you know, cut, cut. Will, you have no passion. I don't believe you. Try it again. So you do it again. No, no, Will, you're you're over. You're you're slurring your words. You're you're not saying the right lines. Do it. Again. I mean, so I'm not used to saying cut in the middle of my sermon, but um, it worked out good. Did you have any support for your acting to follow through with it? Uh, support to what? Like Continue. A coach, somebody. Uh, I did have. I did. Beth Becca. Uh, she's done a number of other Christian 
Christian people that gone into filming. Uh, she came up and helped me for uh, a number of days and helped me on the set and stuff like that. And she was a huge help. And I greatly appreciate Beth in that. So uh, she's done a wonderful job. She had the toughest job. Now she may never get another call now after she <laughs> they saw my performance. They said, oh, we don't want her. But uh, it was fun to work with her, and she helped me a lot, that's for sure, because I did need help. You did a great job. Yeah, exactly. you, I've heard so so many amazing. Yes, yes, there Very you go. Amazing. So there you go. Is there anything that you want to make sure that we communicate to somebody who's listening, who maybe has seen the movie or maybe hasn't seen the movie, thinking about it? Like, is there a message you want to give to anybody? Unforgiveness. You know, it really started with Cynthia, the wife, going to hear my granddaddy. She was already made plans to divorce Louie in real life. She was going to divorce him. Couldn't stand, couldn't stand him being a drunk. Um, and so she was going to divorce him. And, and, he, and he knew she was absolutely right, and he was the problem. But he didn't know how to fix himself. He didn't know what to do to fix it. He loved his wife. He didn't want a divorce, but he knew she was right, and she deserved a d- divorce. But he didn't want the divorce. And so when she went, and she, he didn't go, but she went by herself with a friend and she gave her life to Christ, and she came back and said, Louie, God's forgiven me of my sin, and I'm not going to divorce you. I'm going to stay with you. So here in an instant, she, she had forgiven her husband for being such a lousy husband. She had asked Christ to forgive her, being selfish and thinking of herself. And because of that, she experiencing forgiveness, she gave it to Louis. Now Louis's a little bit softened, and now he goes gives his life to Christ. And now that he's experienced forgiveness, now he's able to forgive his captors. And so it's just one, what I'm saying is it's just when one person experiences forgiveness and, and shares and gives forgiveness to somebody else, it can have a profound impact. One of the people that's been really heavily promoting this movie is Louis's only son, Luke Zamperini. And Luke lives out in California. We've become great friends. Luke would have never been born if his mom and dad didn't come to know Christ, he wouldn't exist today because they were getting divorced. He didn't come until years after their, you know, they had restored their marriage and got saved. And uh, so he wouldn't have been around, probably wouldn't have been around. And so you talking about a life trend, you know, impact is because his mom and dad stuck it out, came to know Christ. And now he's, he was born later. So what I'm saying is just when one person makes a decision, it can have a impact that will go for generations and generations and generations and generations when one person in a family will do it. And Cynthia was that one person that gave her life to Christ first, and it had a cascade effect for generations upon thousands of other people that would come under Louis' ministry for 60 years. He would minister the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So over 60 years of ministry, because of one woman, uh, gave her life to Christ first. So there's a lot of Cynthia's and Louis out there that are broken, that need forgiveness, but not only to receive forgiveness, but then to give forgiveness to others and forgive others. And that's a tough thing in our society today. Thank you for listening to Backstage with the Light FM. Join us next time. We'll have another special guest for you. 